All right, I got to find what I want to read because it's something I want to read. Hey, we live right now. Hey, look, check this out. Black African power was good, was happening, a well-organized lie. Defeats a disorganized truth every time. Woo-hoo-wee. Man, y'all already know what it is, man. It's um and Raw Squad up, man. Look, we're in the building and um, appreciating the 100,000 viewers that's watching right now, right? We want to kind of talk about a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Specifically about the Sarnetta TV Awards and the awards that the Unraw Squad won. I think we won about what five or six, something like that. Man, I lost count. All right. And I'm a raw squad up. What's good, uh, Dr. Mayat? I'm a raw squad up. I'm a raw squad up, brother Ankh. I want to say peace and power first and foremost to my Arm and Raw Squad members. To Queen, Sister Naya, my brother, Asaw, definitely the real black atheist. Peace and power to the brothers and sisters in the chat room. Feels good, brother, all to be on the panel and just, just rapping and politicking. And I'm looking forward to um, tonight's discussion, you know, about the sign at a TV awards. Um, just looking forward to rendering my thoughts about the awards. Peace and power. Peace and power. Sister Naya, I'm a raw squad up. I'm a rock squad up, brother, uh, sister Naya, the God of SAR. Um, I'm just here to support you guys, just to say I'm truly, truly, truly honored to be on the team um, and just wanted to congratulate you guys for the awards and congratulate us for the awards. And I'm just here to show support. Yeah, you was up for award too, though, that Naya. I'm, I'm thinking they cheated you there in that category. Definitely should have won over Umar Johnson, in my opinion. My Stop it. Stop. <laughs> Brother Saul, what's good? What's happening? I'm a raw squad up. Mocha University. Peace and blessings, family. This is Asar Motep with the Armorah Squad and the Madhu Mandela Institute for the Advancement of Science and Culture. Here just to uh, have a good, meaningful discussion. Uh, concerning uh, the Sarnetta Awards and the nature of awards. I want to give a shout out first and foremost to everyone on the panel. Um, Dr. Maat, Sister Naya, Brother Ankh, Jawu says he's coming through later. The whole Amara squad, Mossy clan, um, and of course our viewing audience for taking the time out of their busy Friday night to uh, hear some words uh, from the squad. So uh, peace and blessings to you all. Uh, I'm grateful to be here. Hmm. Okay. Hey, look, so, man, that was like a real powerful evening, man. Let me, Um. I don't you know. I know I got them right here. Look, I got a handful of them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. And for me to get these awards, um, certificate of achievement, Right, I'm a raw squad, so we got to um, think. I mean, it was just real, it, it was just very important to get these right here. You know what I'm saying? Um, got so many, we can't even carry it, can't even carry them. So, I think I'm going to talk about uh, the scholarship team award we won. Yeah, that's my joint, man. I'm going to talk about that. Um, first, this Wu Jai, he got the Metanetra Scholar. All right. Um, so 
first of all, let's talk about the scholarship team award, right? Um, I knew that was going to be a dead run away from the beginning. Um, I think that 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 award right there, the team award, was very, very, um, very important, and it was dear to my heart. You know, y'all understand the long hours we put in, uh, keeping this thing together, um, time put in, and just, just over the last seven, eight years, it's been a good run, and it's been a great run. And, and, and to get these awards at this time, I think were, uh, was very, very meaningful. Um, you know, we've been through a lot, ups and downs, rocky roads, um, trying to do the internet thing. And, and since the group is not really an internet group, you know, we really in them streets, you know, like got real authors on the team, uh, people who don't, real legitimate professors. Man, that sounds good to say. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Legitimate people who is taking the time out their busy life um, to actually go to the grassroots industries with the people. You know what I'm saying? And, and so a lot of times people think we're just an internet group. We're not an internet group. You know what I'm saying? You know, it, it, it was the vision, my vision, that have us on the internet, but everybody in the group had already they thing in power moving real strong in the streets. So this ain't new to and nobody. You know what I'm saying? I can go down the line. I can start with Dr. Oyama Yacht. Uh, she has ad anime uh, productions. Uh, she has a doctorate degree. Uh, uh, she teaches at a major university. Uh, plain and simple, she's a professor at a major university. Um, you got Asahu Tep, man, he's a great author of about five, six books. You feel me? Um, he been on this thing, he been in them streets. This is what he do, he teaches scholarly conferences, real scholarly conference. He actually, like Dr. Miyase, he pushes the envelope. You know what I'm saying? He adds new things. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 to the linguistic arguments. Uh, we got Sister Naya. Man, she been working with the youth. You know what I'm saying? Plain and simple, that's what she do. That's her profession. You know what I'm saying? That is exactly what she does. Uh, so, Smash Rockwells, he's been in the community for the last 20 years. He opened up a center, you, you know what I'm saying, for the youth in Oakland. Uh, you know, Hyro Crew, been doing it. Been Wuja, he been teaching. This ain't nothing new. You know what I'm saying? He's an author. So we got one, two, three, four, five authors. Brother Nahisi, you know what I'm saying? I'm waiting for him to finish his monumental work dealing with genetics. Um, so uh, uh Black Panther, uh, he he's he's author two children's books. You, you feel me? Uh he's writing a journal right now. He's in the midst of putting together Pan-African Journal. Um, so man, you know, it's real around here. And, and to take our time out to actually, you know, come amongst the people, I always felt like that was a very, very, uh, uh, very humbling thing for everybody to do. And I appreciate the team. So this, so this particular team award, man, is very humbling, you know, for me. And I appreciate all y'all. Go ahead, Dr. Miyak. You want to say something? What's going on? No, I just, I think that um, Brother Ankh, you did a beautiful job. I mean, golly, I was sitting here like, God, this man has a, a superb um, memory because you did a, a wonderful job just describing, you know, everything that um, that all of us have have going on. But one thing I noticed is that you didn't describe yourself, Brother Ankh. You didn't mention what you have going on. 
You know, I mean, you've been teaching for over, I want to say 10 years. It may be longer than that, but you've been teaching in the community for about 10 years. Uh, and in, in, in the midst of this, raising a whole family, you know, um, just opened up a brand new store down in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, a shoe company, Abjuware, selling merchandise around. I mean, come on now, Brother Ankh, you talked about everybody, but you didn't say anything about yourself, Brother Ankh. And and mm-hmm. you said that, you know, um, you when you when you mentioned a star, you said that I always talk about, thank you, Jalen. You said that I always talk about adding, you know, new things to, to an area of study. But you brought to me, I feel like you brought academics to the streets. Who was talking about methodology in that community, brother, on prior to you? Science and evolution prior to you. Look at what you brought to the community, brother. Aunt. So, you know, I want to just take this time out to acknowledge you and all of the contributions that you've made to the community. You know, I think it was humbling that you mentioned everybody else, but I mean, brother, Ankh, I mean, you've been putting in work for years, uh, putting in work, bringing academics, telling, t- teaching people about research methodology, um, challenging people to scrutinize sources, you know, uh, promoting science and the importance of science and the scientific method. You brought that to the community, brother, Ankh, and so I just want to take time out to applaud you and to um and to, to salute you for your contributions as well brother oh well thank you well you asked us tonight i know i ain't get all your conversations right i ain't want to mess it up where you at well you know uh for me it's you know i'm i'm grateful to be um on the team with you asar sinjeti Wujawu, um um black panther you know because i'm just a student really here learning, trying to perfect my craft, you know, in the world of psychology, you know, I've been doing it since for the last 16 years, and I work with kids who are abused in foster care, and it just keeps me grounded. I really think that our future is in our children, and I think that we have to really be sure that we're, we're really taking advantage of the educational systems and we're teaching our children and we're protecting our children and we're making sure they have great experiences growing up because a lot of our kids, they grew up in environments um, that fosters a lot of negativity, a lot of dysfunction. So that's what I primarily do. But, you know, in a conscious community, what I do, I'm just here to just help people to understand the importance of narratives and psychology and our history because Dr. Amos Wilson, he always said that history is always present. It's in, our, it's in the psychology of the people and either we are progressing or we are regressing. And I think for black people now, we're in a regressed state and that's because we don't understand our history and we don't know our history. And so that's why we have so many different narratives. So for me, I'm just a student learning um, trying to perfect the craft. I'm just grateful for all of you guys because you just helped me to be a better person. That's it. All right, Brother Saw. Got to mute yourself. You're lying to me. Sitting here on mute trying to talk. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. You know, I've been absent for a while, but primarily uh, trying to finish this work, you know, because I'm in school now, 
and I've been working piecemeal on this book for like the past two years. And, you know, I'm getting ready to rev up in my studies uh, in, the, in computer science. And so I needed to take some time off to really finish at least the main parts of this book. So that's nothing is left but review and editing and things of that nature. Um, and it's important because, you know, we need, we need new text um, with, with new information and examples of, of proper methodology as it regards um, a, a lot of the information and misinformation that is circulating throughout the neighborhood, excuse me, the conscious community, I should say. And um, I'm simultaneously working on a, a class, a linguistics class, an introduction to linguistics class. Um, it's gonna be a crash course. It's gonna be two, two courses actually. Uh, introduction into general linguistics and an introduction into historical comparative linguistics. And the long-term goal is to really prepare us in the conscious community to be homeschool teachers. And even if we can't do it full-time, they'll understand certain points and certain methods that they can teach their children the way that they see fit. And a lot of us, of course, are, are starting off with information about Africa and its cultures and things of this nature. And we got to understand the relationship and the importance of language to this overall um, mission. Because, you know, when we talk about nation building, part of nation building is uh, the identity of the language that we're going to use for the nation. And so I want to get people equipped to understanding and learning about African languages so we could communicate and do business with people in Africa. And they can, of course, uh, communicate and do business with us. And so it's a, uh, it's a gradual process, just laying the groundwork. Um, but as, as you know, um, the, the work on the book is also, I'm preparing to turn some of the ideas in the book into the documentary film that is gonna be uh, concentrated on the book and more so concentrated on the relationship between ancient Egyptian language and culture, the rest of quote unquote black Africa. And so it's one thing to be able to read the stuff in the books. It's another thing to see correlations live. And that's what I aim to do, you know, in, in the, the, the film. So I'm gonna hurry up and get this, not necessarily hurry up and rush through and just put up anything, but uh, get the book done so I can start working on that second phase, um, you know, for the documentary. And so we can, you know, Dr. Mahad has already um, set a standard in terms of the quality of presentation, the quality of, uh, of information that is being dispensed. Um, in, at least in her case, specifically to the youth, you know, regarding our heritage and culture. And so 
I want to continue, not necessarily with the cartoon, but continue with high quality uh, visual representations of the stuff that we're talking about on a daily basis. Because while, you know, um, I do plan on in the future writing a little bit more for the layperson. Um, and, you know, I try to do my best to, to, to mix it, to, to speak to the professionals as well as the community. Um, but I know that the community doesn't read very much. Um, and, and, and certain books they're turned away from. And so something that I may write, you know, may not, um, not catch on in the written form, you know, uh, with them. So this is why I want to have the visuals as well to go along with the book so that they, you know, can be referenced to the book. And of course the references in the book regarding certain uh, particular topics. So that's the next phase is to bring, um, you know, high quality representations of the stuff that we're talking about. Um, so, you know, we have a new layer of combating the, the pseudo information that is out there because, you know, uh, I'm on my cell phone right now on this, uh, on this channel, on this program. And anyone with a cell phone has access and a Gmail account has access to YouTube. So as many uh, programs like this that we'll do, you know, pseudos don't seem to have jobs for some reason. And they have all the time in the world. <laughs> and so they'll just sit on, on YouTube and create <laughs> videos. And then we'll be constantly going back and forth um, you know, trying to battle this information, it'll be a, 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 a never ending, you know, saying cycle. So we have to do something different. And so when we're, when we're able to put together solid information and high quality visual uh, visuals out there, you know, saying for the community, we can work to get this stuff integrated into, uh, you know, school systems and Netflix and you know, uh, these type of spaces. And, and when you're doing it that big, the, the community more to what you're saying than just simply what, you know, what we got going on, on in terms of the conversations uh, on YouTube. You know, when they see, for example, that, you know, you have a center and that you're applying the knowledge, you know, in, in the community and uh, a place where people can come, you know, saying eat, drink and, you know, uh, purchase product and see, you know, uh, lectures and, and have cultural events and things of this nature. And they, and they see these things manifesting and they can see the artwork and, and the work that y'all putting in. When they can see these things and you put it up against what the pseudos are not producing, then, you know, you, you have more long-term pool in the community because they'll be more willing to utilize what we're creating in their homes to teach their children. And that's ultimately what we want. So that we can bring up a new generation who's gonna take our work further and farther and do bigger and better things. So we have to find you know, uh, unique and creative ways to, um, to reach them. And that's something that I've been, been contemplating for the longest and developing strategies so that um, you know, so we can do that more effectively. And so sorry to take up, up all that much time uh, from a simple question. 
No, no, no. That was that was wonderful. Um, wonderful explanation, uh, brother. So I was just sitting here thinking about um, um, when you talked about nation building. You said you know we need to definitely you know um, you say hone in on like a, a language, and so um, I agree with that. And I also agree with um, just the push, you know, pushing engineering. Um, any any opportunity that I get, um, brother, so you know that I'm going to push push them. And um, you know, reason being, you know, we cannot nation build without scientists. We can't nation build without mathematicians. We can't nation build without um, architects. And so, you know, I just really will hope that that folks will, you know, push our babies into STEM. And a matter of fact, brother, so um, we're getting ready to start working on um, a um, developing like a, an animated like STEM series where we where we're pushing science. We're, we're teaching the babies math um, using, you know, um, animations and, and hip hop music and stuff like that. And uh, we're looking I'm trying to get Morgan, you know, to um, to assist us with with funding this. So this is a conversation that we're having now um, because um, we noticed that the enrollment numbers are dropping uh, with the School of Engineering. And when I say the enrollment numbers are dropping over at Morgan uh, School of Engineering, it's not dropping amongst um, foreigners, it's dropping amongst black folks. Um, we're, we're not going into STEM. Mm -hmm. At Morgan, we have a lot of Kuwaitis, we have a lot of um, uh, Saudis there, um, even whites, you know, and Asians have begun to, um, to, to, to come over to the School of Engineering. And so then the enrollment numbers um, uh, among black folks are dropping. And so we're trying to figure out ways to uh, get children and, and parents on board with, with STEM. And so an idea is, well, you know, how can we, you know, go into maybe the middle schools and elementary schools and high schools and start, you know, recruiting kids to come to Morgan and, and of course, the DMV area. So, um, you know, we're thinking of different ways. And I said, well, maybe we can start creating and promoting animations and taking them to schools and exposing children to that. So we're also um, working on that as well. I'm sorry, Brother Uncle, did you want to say something? No, I'm listening to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're just trying to figure out how how can we get our children um, involved in STEM and, 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 and getting the parents to recognize the importance of our children um, involved in the, in the STEM area. So we're over here thinking about, you know, strategies for that. And then also, Brother Ankh, um, I wanted to let the, the viewers know that uh, we're getting ready to buy a building. I remember calling you up and telling you about this maybe last week and the um, off of Pennsylvania and North Avenue in that particular area. Mm -hmm. uh, we're gonna buy a building. Um, uh, it's gonna be a joint um, a joint venture with um, Ryan's Institute. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully the building, we'll have the building by June of next year. We'll be running um, STEM summer camps out of there, GED programs, um, SAT programs, entrepreneurship programs, counseling services. Um, out of that building. So hopefully we get everything up and running by um, summer of June uh, 2019. So that's in the works. Um, we're also, I'm getting, I want the folks to also know that I'm going to develop a class and Sister Naya knows about this. She and I have been talking about this for the last couple of months, but I'm going to develop a class entitled The Foundation of Mathematics, um, where, you know, I teach you basic math, um, algebra one, algebra two, um, geometry, trig, and then I take you to pre-calculus, and then we go through calc one, calc two, calc three, probability um, statistics, um, differential equations, and linear algebra. So um, 
you know, again, you know, offering, you know, this class to the community, um, Brother Ankh. And I know you said we're going to open up like a community or the Armin Ross Squad University. Is it okay for me to speak freely about that? Or I just wanted to let the family know that, you know, we're in the midst of, um, of, of, of building a, um, a university online. Um, I know that Sister, Sister Naya has some classes that she's going to teach. Uh, Wu Jiao, um, Brother Asar, you, me. It's all what the family to know about that as well. Mm. I appreciate that. I, I, I mean, it's a few things you said. And you was talking about the enrollment numbers was down. And is that a direct result of YouTube and a bunch of fools that be teaching? Could it be that? <laughs> Could it be that? And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, so we got a, a, a black college where foreigners and other people go to get the education. And we got people in our community actually talking about don't go to school, don't read books. Where Brother Saw has to uh, 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 kind of change his style if he wants to get people to read his books because they're not really going to read it. Mm. So I, I, I remember when uh, Sister Naya helped me write my first book. And man, uh, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, she really did the daggone thing. And in my mind, I was saying, okay, I've never forget Dr. Ben's work, um, chronology of the Bible, right? And I remember the size of it, small little pamphlet book. And I remember how many times I read that. So I knew I needed to make something that people wouldn't be scared to read. And, and it shouldn't be that way. You know what I'm saying? It just really shouldn't be that way. But but that's what we're tasked with. But the fact that you're, 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 you're saying the numbers in the uh, uh, the School of Engineering is dropping amongst our people is so crazy. And it makes me realize just how important uh, uh, what, what we do, why, why it is so important. You know, I, I cannot believe if we was to go in the dictionary, right, and actually read the definition of nature, Okay, wouldn't nobody disagree with that? And then read the definition of science. It's like the study of nature and the natural forces. You know, nature is simply uh, natural forces without involvement uh, with human beings. That's nature. And the study of that is science, knowledge, right? So we teach, we teach about nature, right? And we teach how to learn from nature, right? And everybody want to throw bananas at us. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's funny. Like the ha, 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 ha. And I'll be like, that's funny. Like, stole a mine and lying Lex, right? You know, I happened to be on a vicarious show with them. Like, they snuck me on the show. Like, where's the character in that? You know what I'm saying? And didn't and got me on the show. But I don't mind being in the mud. That's one thing about me. I, I can get it in all the way. Like, I come from that. So I didn't have, once I realized you had snuck me on the show like the feds, you know what I'm saying? I was like, okay, all right, stole a mine and super line Lex, it's okay. And so we going, we going in, you know, I'm doing my thing and I'm realizing that these dudes are really children of the pseudos. You know, that they was raised in an environment of misinformation. You know what I'm saying? Like the conscious community is a community of a lot of misinformation. There's more misinformation in the conscious community than it is correct information. I agree. I'm through it. It's crazy. You feel me? 
I couldn't hear you. Would you say, Doctor Mayor? I was just amening you. I said, I, I said, I agree two hundred percent with you on that 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 statement that you made. That is more misinformation circulating than actual information. I agree one hundred percent with that. Yeah, and, and and I was talking to Brother Sada of a day, and I was like, Brother, I remember when I when when, when it was the Nikki Love and Unk show, and it was this show that Asar had. And from day one, Asar had the level on his show. Manu and Pimp, um, hit James Smoke, like he had the level. And like, he wasn't even, like, it wasn't bubbling like it should have been. Now I'm over there bubbling, I'm talking shit. Don't, excuse me for the cuss, talk, doing my thing. You know what I'm saying? Halfway crook, but fighting, but understood that Africa was in my heart and I need to teach this the best way I knew, right? But the level was over there. And i never forget, uh, 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 you know, he used to tune into the show. I used to tune into a show. And, and he used to always come through and help me with that Hebrew contingent. But he was very, very surgical. And I was like, what, what in the hell kind of weapon is he using? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, I need that in my toolkit. And then I remember Sinjetti came through. Right, and he corrected me on something. That was probably the first time that I had been corrected. But you know how Sinjetti do? He did it in a very, very easy, smooth type of way. And I was like, "Oh, I said he just threw a punch that I didn't see, right?" And he really knocked me out. So let me chill and really see where this brother's coming from. He got another style. I ain't used to that. And so I like calm down and I listened to these brothers. You know what I'm saying? And I realized they had something that I just didn't have at the time. I might have had the listening audience, right? Uh, uh, I might have had a, 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 a little, I had a good foundation with the Dr. Benz, and, and I knew about the John Henry Clarks, and I, I went through my Niwapian stage, right? So, so, you know, I was just open for growth at that point, right? And it's interesting to be sitting in the midst of real information and thinking you have something on the other side and laugh at the real information. Do you know how easy it is? Because that's during the times when uh, my man, General Contractor, you know, we was vibing at the time. Who knew that most of the information he had was, was just incorrect? Who knew that he was fronting? See, I don't never want to be a fronter. And when I come up against something that I'm not familiar with, that, that, that I'm feeling like, man, I'm struggling against it, I need to know what that is. I need to learn. That's my point to grow. So a lot of people need to be more open-minded because we all started from the misinformation crew. We can go down the line, all misinformation. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Sister Naya, to her credit, uh, she contacted me. She was online beating up the aboriginals and she just wanted to know what the level was, right? Who are these people? And we talked about it. What do you know, brother? And she asked questions to death, right? And, and I mean, questions to death, like undaunting questions. You know what I'm saying? For months and months, wanting to know what is it? What is it about the conscious community? What is this? What is that? Before she even showed her hand on how serious that she was in her level of studying what she was doing. So we all need to sit back, right? and just go for the ride, because there's information out there for us. It don't got to be this way. We don't got to smash everybody out. 
So we're giving the definition of what nature is. We're giving the definition of what science is. We're talking about African spirituality. You got brother Black Panther, you know what I'm saying? He's entrenched in it. Brother Asal, he's entrenched in Jetty. They entrenched all the way in that. All the way, like all the way. And, and, and they talk about nature in a tradition, right? And you talk about the Nile Valley and how they had like nature gods, pantheists were dealing with, you know, nature, you know, gods was dealing with nature. They had nature religion. So that, that should ring a bell. You know what I'm saying? That should really ring a bell. And so we ain't really moved away from uh, uh, the tradition and we ain't moved away from uh, what our ancestors did. You know what I'm saying? We never have. It's the other side, right? This laden with white information, this laden with misinformation that they got, they got the black allergy going. It's a really, it's a, it's a, it's a cult. I know I was in one. So now we got these segmented cults in the conscious community. You know what I'm saying? Well, you don't even need to go to a building. You just need to support their cause. We well, didn't get 20,000 here, 100,000 there, without even having a damn building for the people to go to. Now, how in the hell, that's goddamn super pseudo, ain't it? Think about that for a minute. They, 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 they not as slick as the quote-unquote uh, preachers, you know what I'm saying, to be on television, to get millions, you know what I'm saying, off the radio, you know, like goodwill, uh, titans and blessings, uh, pay this money, we're going to send your prayer. You know what I'm saying? They don't get money like that, but they get enough. And it's crazy to me. I'm sitting back saying, man, all we're trying to show you is how to look at nature, how to look at yourself. People get mad at that. You know what I'm saying? And wondering why we always winning and always beating up people. Because you cannot defeat nature. It is impossible. You can only learn from her. You know what I'm saying? Nature will get rid of you. Will transform you into something that's usable. You can't defeat that. Well, I don't want to go too long on that. But Dr. Mia, uh, what was the name of the award you got? Um, I received the STEM Award, the Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics Award. Hmm. Shout out to Sarnetta for getting the damn, the goddamn categories right. Because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get that with the Black Power Awards. We did not get the correct... The categories right, they just wasn't. No, wasn't. I, agree. I agree with that. Nor did we get our damn awards. How about that? <laughs> Still ain't got the damn awards. Enough of that foolery. Anyway, uh, science and technology. That's right. And and that was the proper category. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, you got a you got a black power award and, and for Mel Trex, which was, you know, that damn right. Supposed to get that. Right. Um, but this one. I mean, I think it glorified uh, 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 your life's work so far. You know what I'm saying? I agree with that. I, I agree with that. Sarnetta was on his A game. I'm going to tell y'all, man, Sarnetta was on, you know why he was on his damn A game? Because he listened to other people like he had some damn sense. Got it right. So shout out to you, Dr. Oyai Mayat, uh, first annual Sarnetta Awards getting that science and technology award you definitely deserved it and i know we have people in the community that don't think you're a doctor because you're not a medical doctor that's how crazy the community is <laughs> brother i was you remember can i share the story remember now this is what you and i were cutting up on the, on the phone remember you said when i first came into the community 
you said I was so gung-ho about teaching science and you said I was gung-ho about it and you said I, they threw bananas at me. Do you remember that? We were talking yeah. about yeah. it on the phone. Yeah. You say how I was so gung-ho coming into the community, like, you know, Unc, I want to teach the community this, I want to teach them that, I want to teach them this. And you were like, never did you expect for them to throw bananas in your face. You know, I never expected um, to meet a, a community of folks who thought that, you know, if you're not a medical doctor, that you're not a real, like, that's unheard of. Like, what? <laughs> you know, you never heard that people could get, you know, PhDs and, you know, philosophy, math, computer science, engineering, I mean, English, you know, I mean, you, you know, you, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, um, you know, I was, I was actually stunned. I was extremely stunned. And I was also stunned when um, you had folks, and I'm not going to mention any names, but when you had folks who honestly believed that electrical engineering uh, only dealt with electricity, um, that kind of stunned me too. I, I was just like, wow, you know, um, there are folks that really believe that electrical engineers, uh, like they were equating, you know, an electrical engineer with an electrician. And so um, it stunned me. It, it just really stunned me. I, it really shocked me. I, you know, I thought that there were folks who knew better, but um, again, you know, it's, it's been a learning experience for me. I want to thank Sinetta, um for the award. And I agree with you that, you know, this award uh, more so speaks to my life's work. I've been, you know, in engineering since 1999. Um, so, you know, this is almost 20, you know, I got almost 20 years in, mm-hmm. um, you know, Meltrek that that came about in 2013. But when you said that this, this that this award, you know, speaks to my life's work, that's that's my life's work. My life's work is engineering. It is math. It is science. Um, I'm now full time faculty over at Morgan. Um, at the School of Engineering. I teach four classes there. I'm teaching signal processing. I'm sorry, signal systems and transformations. I'm also teaching wireless communications, um, electric circuits, and also electric electric circuits lab. And they wanted to throw another um, course on my lab, but I told them that I, I couldn't do it. But um, I'm teaching four classes over there. So like you said, um, this, is, this is really my life's work and this is, this is what I do. Um, jumping back into um, research more, you know, and, and trying to pump out some more publications um, in engineering. I haven't published in, in about four or five years. So trying to get back into the, the groove of publishing um, papers in that particular field. But this is my life's work. And I, and I definitely want to thank Brother Sinetta for the acknowledgement. I want to thank um, the people in the community who voted for me because I know that folks um, had to vote. And so there were folks uh, who voted me in, you know, voted for me to, to receive the award. And so I want to thank everybody who voted and, and thank you guys for this. Thank you. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, and I tell you what was even more bananas about that situation you spoke, spoke on. You're talking about Buzz Lightyear's. <laughs> the amount of views he got on that video. The amount of ignorance in the comment section, thinking the very same way is what really got me. Mm. That's what I knew. Who y'all say it all the time? We in trouble. <laughs> he says yeah. we're doomed. He always says we're doomed. We do. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, like, like, yeah, I was like scratching my damn head. And and, and, and it's hard, yeah, I mean, to bring the team along and fool to be like that. You know what I'm saying? It's hard. 
to activate the magnificent eight for foolery like that. You know what I'm saying? Kind of hard out there, man. So where you at, Wuja? I see you join us. How you doing, brother? Black African power, man. Uh, Meta Netcha Scholar, what's good, brother? Peace, Black African power. Hope, hopefully everybody can hear me. Uh, peace to the brother Simon Tep, uh, Dr. Oya Ma'at, uh, always on fire, Sister Naya, and Uncle Keck, the God Killer. Uh, peace to the family. And um, yeah, I just sorry for my tardiness, but yeah, I'm just uh, checking in, listening in. And um, yeah, I'm just sitting here checking everything out. Yeah, we, we, we'll go right to you next, man. Um, hey, I got your award right here, brother. Your certificate. And I don't think you've seen it yet. <clears throat> I just wanted to be greedy and hold on to all of them for a while. And there you go. All right. Uh, you won Metanetra Scholar. I did it. Right. And God damn it, Sarnetta got it right again. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? He, he got a real Metanetra Scholar, a real authentic teacher that not only teaches uh, uh, students in America, he also teaches abroad in Africa. All right. I know y'all probably don't know that. All right. Absolutely, positively, uh, uh, Metanetra Scholar par goddamn excellent. Plain and simple. Plain yeah. and simple. Nice with it. All right? And we plan on doing a, a museum tour uh, in New York. We're going to let y'all know what it is. And, you know, he's going to be in there reading them damn glyphs. You know I mean, he's going to be like a kid in a candy store. I'm telling you, he's nice with that all the way. And, and he's also an author. Uh, he also started uh, the Shashumani Metanetra translating team. Shout out to them. Man, them young brothers is seriously powerful. You know, subscribe to their channel right now. All right, powerful group of individuals, outstanding group. Character is there, the way they carry themselves. And it's just a reflection on you, uh, brother. So what do you think about uh, receiving that award, Metanetra Scholar? Um, well, first, you know, I wasn't able to attend. So, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 um, some, some other things had came up. So that was just unfortunate on my part. But, um, you know, I, I appreciate even being nominated. You know, when I first learned that I was nominated, you know, I was, you know, uh, appreciative of that because I know, you know, the process, you get a nominated and then people have to vote. So um, I really appreciate the recognition for the nomination as well as um, obviously the the vote, you know, and um, so I really appreciate it. And and I um, thanked uh, Sonetta, you know, as well as the uh, House of Consciousness uh, community, you know, the whole entire community. Um, because, you know, we, we do this to hopefully uh, edify people and we can all, all learn together, you know. Um, that's, that's, you know, that's my thing. Like, we, we all learn, learn together. There's so much to learn. And if we could just iron out the, um, the differences and, and really just get on board as, as, a, as a team as much as possible and just realize that there's so much to learn and we would learn a lot faster, a lot more effective if we just get on board together and realize that. And so, um, you know, I'm just real thankful for um, the vote of confidence uh, to receive the award and everything. Like you said, I, I, I haven't even seen it. <laughs> so, yeah. And I, and, um, but I did, you know, in case I, I, I did receive it, you know, I, I gave word to Brother Sanjetti to um, receive it on my behalf and and thank, you know, Sanetta, thank the community 
and um, give a special honors to uh, the the teacher of teachers, which was which is uh, Dr. Riketi Amin. You know, so I wanted to make sure that people understand that um, she is the teacher of teachers because she she's actually produced um, teachers, not just students, but she actually produced teachers. A lot of people that deal with uh, Medunetra and and so on and so forth are her students, the, the ones that's out here teaching. Myself, uh, Benachi Montgomery, um, uh, even uh, uh, Mfandishi, uh, Brother Sanjeti. Um, I mean, you 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 name it. You know, we can pretty much uh, trace our scholastic lineage uh, to her. And then she goes back to, you know, Dr. Theofalo Benga, Shekhanda Giok, um, Asa Hillard, uh, Jacob Carruthers, et cetera, et cetera, you know, the ASCAC. So, um, you know, we're pretty much in good good hands with um, Dr. Kedeman. So I wanted to make sure that that was known. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm very appreciative. I'm, I'm humbled, appreciative, and plus it just, you know, um, lets me know to continue to work. And there's a lot more work to do. Um, I'm currently working on a uh, full grammar uh, descriptive book um, and text. It's going to be a textbook style. So it's going to be a textbook from cover to cover um, teaching you how to, you know, teaching you about the grammar of Rani Kemet, which is the language of ancient Egypt. So that's my current project. And I hope to have that finished uh, soon. <laughs> I had to push back deadline so many times. Uh, anybody that's written books know how that is. And um, so that's what I'm currently working on. But I look forward to, to um, you know, putting in a lot more work. We got a lot of, lot of uh, work to do. You mentioned the Seshu Mani Medanetra. And um, I definitely thank uh, the brothers and sisters, those, you know, those co-ed um, of the Seshu Mani Medanetra uh, for keeping it, keeping it together and actually keeping up the studies and, um, and expanding. And they're growing in knowledge. You know, all of us are. And, and to, collectively, we actually wrote a book uh, also to address the um, issue of has a, meta, has a, a hieroglyph writing system been deciphered? So I don't think pe people know that that was a collective effort, but, you know, um, we, we got together and authored that book. Um, yeah, so anyway, just wanted, you know, I, I definitely appreciate, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's definitely on the cover. Uh, that was addressing Walter Williams' claims, which is a scholar. We address scholars around here. Uh, that's why I'm really looking forward to um, Brother Saw's project. Uh, so I can just immediately start teaching out of it. Um, so I use all the team's work, um, you know, cause it's just, it is what it is. It, it, it's some good work. Uh, I also enjoy uh, reading Smash Rockwell's book, The Handbook to the Conscious Community. Uh, you still got people talking about things that has already been addressed in that particular work. And so people are really behind. Uh, appreciate you, Asaf, for, for, for putting the fire under me. Uh, you say put it in writing, bro. All right, so, you know, I'm, I'm finishing up uh, uh, my second project, too. I decided just to make it longer and just take my time with it, uh, go back over it, um, just make sure it's, 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 it's right, right, right. Um, I think it's going to be, it's for the layman. You know what I'm saying? I write for the layman. You feel me? Um, so you don't necessarily need a dictionary when you read mine. You might need one when you're reading the SARS, though. <laughs> a couple of dictionaries, line them up. Line them up. Definitely. Now, you're <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you actually do a good job, though. You, you really do, man. I say this all the time, that a SAR has the ability to write, you know what I'm saying, what I was thinking. 
know what I'm saying? And what I was saying, but I needed the damn proof that it's like he always come through for me all the time with the evolution thing. You know what I'm saying? Back with the capita. You know what I'm saying? Him and Wuja went deep into the word gate with the science thing. You and me and you, Dr. Miyak, was talking about uh, what's the word for science? Or well, a song got a whole chapter dedicated to that. Yes, sir. I would get that started. Do you know how you score a touchdown? I can't wait till I get that. I can't. Oh, my good. Oh, my oh, he, um, he has, This is in his new book coming. Sir. Right? Yes, sir. Hey, yes. Listen, yes. I want to say something I forgot to say. I got to say this that, that you know, um, um even coming on board the Amin Ra squad, I got you know, I, I, I thank the Amin Ra squad because y'all are some amazing colleagues and um and you know, you know, they say like minds to get to get together. And I think we represent that very well. I think we, we represent a very good mix of um individuals and have different focus. I think our, our individual focuses gel together very well. So, you know, I also cannot Ever, ever forget, you know, to thank the uh, Amara squad, brother Asar, Sanjetti, brother Ben, Dr. Oyamad, uh, Naya, uh, you, Unc, uh, uh, Nahisi, um, anybody, I'm, I'm not missing anybody else, you know, it's just us a little crew. So, That's but you got yeah, so, so, yeah, so, you know, it and, it, and we keep each other, uh, on our toes. And I don't know if people realize that because we don't always agree. And that's and I think we have a very healthy relationship um, and and our area of focus. I think it works very well. So I just want to make sure everybody uh, understands that. And, and to thank you all uh, for for, you know, just having me on on the Amara squad and, and us doing what we do. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, wouldn't have no other way, bro. <laughs> wouldn't have no other way. Hey, Sister Naya, uh, I think uh, we don't want to gloss over this. Um, be honest with you, the work behind the scenes that you did at the Sarnetta TV Awards was absolutely spectacular. All right, just the volunteer work, the the the, the way it all came together. Uh, the damn event was smooth. I don't know how they pulled it off like that. And you was running, and it was smooth. And so I just want to personally thank you for stepping up. Yeah, you know I'm saying for my friend. So I met her and I said, you didn't have to do it. Uh, you volunteered and you sacrificed for the community. You know what I'm saying? Uh, man, I really, really uh, just uh, appreciate that. Because uh, you had that thing running smooth. I just want everybody to know that, Sister Night. Yeah, thank you, Brother Unc. And it was um, really Sarnetta and um, me, Sarnetta, and Sister Empress. Facts. Dang it, who else? I'm forgetting some names. I know that Brother Issa was back there. You know, it's just I love to serve and I love to do what I can um, to make sure that people get what they get. And um, I enjoy helping people and whatever I can do to serve, is, is I love doing it. Sonnet is a great person. Every time I call him, if I need something, if I want to jump on the show, he's there and he's always supportive. So you know, I do appreciate you for giving me an opportunity to go and be part of the show. So I wouldn't have missed it for the world. So I just thank everybody for being there and, you know, and supporting me when I needed to be supported. So no problem. I do it over and over and over again. 
right. Okay, brother Sal, man. What was the name of your award? Let me get that straight. Uh, let me just clean up something real quick. I, I, I cannot forget the brother Smash Rockwell. No, no. The brother is so laid back and so incognito sometimes. Uh, you know, he's a sniper. I call him the sniper because he'll just come out out of nowhere. And, and, and he's true to his name, the Magi Archers. You, you, you cannot, you know, the archers are already launching the air. And by, by the time it, it hits his target, it's too late. So, you know, I um, didn't mention the brother. I got to mention the brother Smash Rockwell, the Magi Archer. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> you already know. Man, ain't nobody got around that book yet. Matter of fact, he's trying to act like it ain't happening. <laughs> right. He, and, and he really raises the prominence, man, with the coming on trial debate, man, with that real legitimate research, combating European academia on the subject matter. Most people don't even recognize that. So that's, man, the role he play across the board. So, okay, uh, Brother Saw, I think you won, what, the best book? What you win? What was it? I have no idea. Uh, what's the name? Still has my book. I mean, my um, my award, Sanjay. I think you won the best. Um, and, and like Wujau, uh, I'm saying that because best I couldn't book. make it as well. And so, right, uh, yeah, Brother Sanjay. Um, yeah, you uh, won the best the award author. on my behalf. Yeah, you won the best author. So, what do you think about that? How do you feel about that winning that? Um. You know, I'm 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 humbled, and I and I appreciate again um, all the the people who participated and voted. You know, in um, the the awards or for the awards uh, in general, and specifically for those who who voted uh, on, on my text. So I I know I was going against Dr. Wesley and who else in my category. Uh -huh. Um, I don't know. Who was it? Uh, Naya, I know you know. You got, don't you got the list? You might have got it pulled up. Yeah, let me pull it out right quick, guys. I'm sorry. I yeah, I knew he was going to beat Wesley. Had a good talk with Wesley. <laughs> and you know what? You know what Brother Wesley said? He said he appreciated the squad, right? Especially a saw hotel. Because he said he wouldn't respond to none of y'all pseudos out there. But he said the squad is worthy of responding to. Asahotep especially is worthy of responding to. Man, that's the biggest goddamn compliment, you know what I'm saying, that that, that a scholar can get. Yeah, book named after me. He said it also on Facebook when he, re when he responded, when he published his book, he said that you know, one of the things that he appreciated about the conscious community is Asar and how you deal with conflicts is you got to put scholarship, you got to work. So he's been saying that for a while. But when that, when the words were coming out, I peeked around the corner and I was looking at his face and he was clapping. <laughs> so he's a cool person. He, he's short. I didn't realize he was that short. But yeah, he, he always compliments <laughs> Asar. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I met him. I met him one time out here in Philly at the uh, at one of the Adun Day festivals a couple of years ago. So uh, you know, cool brother. Hey, for the uh, category, um, I'm sorry? Oh, I was going to read the, the category. Uh, it's it's the best author of the year, and it was um, it wasn't against Wesley Muhammad, uh, according to you know the list is uh, Kemet University Press and Dr. Umar Johnson, and then yourself. 
Are they had books? <laughs> Damn, to get the man, Committee Press got about 30 books. It's a hell of a man. That's a hell of a victory right there, bro, bro, man. Yeah, it was. But that that brings me that brings me to uh, you know kind of to rehash something that was from earlier, and that is um, like okay, so you know one of my favorite conferences to present at is the Check Onto Diop conference here in Philadelphia, uh, started by Dr. Malefe Kitty Asante of, of Temple University. And this year, if my abstract is accepted, they haven't sent any letters yet um, for rejection or acceptance. But if it is accepted, my intent is to present on the meaning of the word Kemet. And <laughs> For those of us, you know, in the Metanetra community knows that there's been an ongoing uh, controversy between scholars and laypersons regarding the meaning of the word Kemet, which was a place name for uh, what we now know as uh, ancient Egypt. And uh, that being neither here nor there, the, I'm starting off with a quote from Shekhan Diop, where he talks about how essentially, and I'm paraphrasing right now, how he doesn't like it when someone just takes him on his word without researching. And in the same conversation because this was an actual interview of Shekhan Diop and which was transcribed in and placed in the book uh, Great African Thinkers Shekhan Diop edited by Ivan Van Sertima and he talks about you know the the need for young scholars to to question and to scientifically criticize or critique his works. And secondly, for the creation of research teams. And that he realized when he was coming up uh, and doing this essential work, which, you know, at least at this time in the early 40s and 50s, you know, uh, he was really the only one doing it. And as a result, you know, he was taking on disciplines for which, you know, it would take people years to master to come up with the conclusions that he did. And what he was saying is that it would have taken him a lot less time had he had a powerful research team with him. And so in this quote, he, he's stressing the need for research teams. And so this is something I've been contemplating over the years, and we know that with the UKIMIT Press, for example, they always stress, you know, the need for research teams and even have two books on, on study teams and, and developing research and publishing teams. And so uh, with that, um, I, you know, and just my fascination just with military 
and military strategy and war and things of that nature. I'm putting together a curriculum and training uh, for what I call the Diopian SEALs, uh, of course, inspired by the Navy SEALs. Uh, and so for those who are not familiar with, with the military and don't know who the Navy SEALs are, the Navy SEALs are a special units force of the United States military and SEAL is an acronym for sea, air, and land. And so the, the overall or underlying uh, objective is to have mastery and control over sea and land and air. In other words, to, to be holistic and complete in terms of warfare. And so as it regards this type of research that we're doing, and also with me being an African-centered uh, researcher and individual, which means that what we do and learn has to be applicable and solve the problems of African people. It has the, the community component to it. And for, for us, the SEAL is going to stand for uh, science or STEM, Egyptology, agriculture, and linguistics. And so, it's going to be some rigorous training going on for each member and not everyone is going to be accepted and not everyone's going to make it, but you need an elite force of research teams who come together to solve African problems. And you need to have a certain type of thinking, a, a certain type of skill set to be able to come together and, um, do the kind of work that needs to be done and so this is in 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 the works and i'll keep you know everyone abreast you know on that and again it's not something this is not you know uh how should i say it's not it's not going to be for everyone and it, it and it's going to take rigor and of course we don't have time for pseudos and so but we need an elite force um, you know, to, to <laughs> combat, to publish, and to to wage war on the on on the forces who are waging war on us, both physically and intellectually. And so, um, again, this is inspired by Diop, and because I can't think of any serious research teams that have come together to publish and to tackle certain problems. It doesn't really exist in the African world community. You have individuals, you know, uh, like we come together as a team, but we haven't published anything as a team. We don't tackle a certain particular type of thing uh, and for which every one of us would have a particular expertise in. Mm -hmm. um, but with, with we hope to change that um, and, and just become a, a, a super strong unit that um, and to produce right. other units who are able right. to to uh, to tackle some um, type of energy. But that science and STEM is going to be very important. Like I have a book right now on mathematical thinking. And because I'm trying to. It, you know, it reminds me, uh, Dr. Maad made mention of uh 
the lack of people, black people at, at her particular institution uh, signing up for engineering and, and things of that nature. And I think that science has bad marketing and especially with math. And I'm trying to figure out a better way to grasp mathematics uh, to be able to teach it so that it can be grasped earlier and more quickly, you know, uh, by us in the community so that we will not be so afraid to take scientific courses and to get into uh, vocations, I should say, that that require, you know, uh, mathematics and things of that nature. And so, you know, if we can find better ways for people to relate, and this is why for the SEALs team, you know, Egyptology, linguistics, um, and agriculture and things, we need to be able to solve real world problems for us so that so that the people can see a reason for using it. If they, they don't see an immediate reason for knowing calculus, they're not going to grasp it. It's just going to be something that they learn for a test and then forget it afterwards. So um, that's just an update, you know, from, from me. Uh, and so, you know, there, there, there's a lot going on, which is another reason why I'm, I'm going to be more ghost and absent from social media in the near future. Yeah, it should take a lot of time, yo. Don't worry about it, bro. I got you. You read your book and give them the business. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, okay. So, oh, and as you said, there's there's a whole chapter in the in the upcoming book, Aluja Volume Two, that is dedicated to the African origins of the word science. Yeah. And the concept of science, because it's one thing to say that the word exists in Indo-European languages and in African languages. But the bigger question is, was the scientific method present? Were Africans concerned with methodology and avoiding pitfalls in analyses? That's the fundamental question. And how can we demonstrate that and prove that? That's what that chapter is going to be dealing with. Then it's going to be followed with another chapter, uh, which I titled uh, Quantum Mechanic or Quantum Field Theory is African Heritage. And so I'm, I'm in deep study trying to understand more modern quantum field theory now and now and this is a chapter where i'm really going to have to break things down and keep it simple because quantum mechanics and quantum field theory is straight mathematics like i got a a quantum field i got a one of yeah. my quantum mechanics books is, is quantum mechanics uh de, or quantum field theory demystified and mm. it just starts off with equations i'm like how is this supposed to be a demystified book and it just starts off with equations and so I, I can't present the equations, you know, uh, to them right off the back in that way. But I want to be able to explain certain things that they'll be able to to grasp it. Um, but the equations aren't that important to the underlying um, um, message. But I'm seeing that, 
you know, you, you're going to have to be very good at math and know about set theory and things of that nature to really kind of grasp quantum mechanics. But I, I just want to make the point that science, methodology, thinking critically, trying to avoid pitfalls in, in one's analysis, things that we think is super hard, like quantum mechanics and quantum field theory and 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 astronomy and things of that nature are in our grasp it is what we've been doing you know as a as a people for hundreds of thousands of years and that we can continue to do it and expand on what our ancestors and what the current scientific community uh, is doing with this knowledge and so when i look at the research that i've done thus far you know, I wonder how far Africa would be had not had it not been for the transatlantic slave holocaust, you know, or the invasions from the Arabs and things of that nature, because we were already on quantum field theory. That as just the culture is just part of the religion, you know, as part of the priesthoods and things of this nature. And so if people can understand that then they can understand, you know, but I want to stress and emphasize that it wasn't simply just, you know, some some spookism, uh, religion in the modern type sense thing that they were looking at. They were looking at stuff systematically and 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 the the questions they ask and the explanations that they they have for uh, the beginnings of the universe, the concept of multiverse, the concept of fields you know, excitations of the fields and, and particles and things of that nature. All of that is present in different African traditions. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it is it is our job to expand on that in a very scientific and systematic way. Mm-hmm. Brother Smack. So we can we can also lastly so we can stop saying that science and, and methodology is the white man's <laughs> that's crazy. What's good, brother Smash? I'm around squad up. I see an icon in there. Where you at? Is he on mute? You on mute? He's on mute. All right. Is anybody familiar with uh in this particular someone put cat tuck and almond? What? Hold on, man. Do y'all see this? This cat took an almond and an ancient and in ancient Egypt and Africa. Say, trust me, he uses African names, titles, and kings, gods, goddesses. Um, he's just saying that, uh, think y'all reading the glyphs wrong or something like that. One of them again, one of those things. Here you go. Um, ancient Egypt, his work adds, it adds on to the work of Antidiops. We have all been reading the reading the pronunciation of glyphs wrong. Well, what do you think about that. Well, it's um, Katukumini, and yeah. that's the that's the the uh, author's rendition of the of the name of King Tut Amen. Right. And um, and he's not saying we read the glyphs wrong, but he's dealing with the pronunciation. So he's using African languages to kind of um, deal with the pronunciations. This is something that's kind of ongoing among right. among linguists. You know, mm-hmm. I some work uh, with that so yeah that's something probably to uh read and check out yeah i got the i got the journal right here what, what's going on smash you just popped in what's up brother peace to the squad how everybody doing 
Faith, man, y'all arches, man. I'm Ross Squad up. I'm a Ross Squad up in the building. I ain't, you know, it's good to be on live. How long y'all been getting live and they sending me the link, man? Now nah, we just now nah, we just our first one. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm glad. I'm glad I ain't miss nothing. You know, I miss I miss all the uh, good bills we didn't put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we back on note, man. We was uh, matter of fact, we kind of mentioned your work, and you know, a lot of times dudes think that we internet dudes, and and I was making the point that we're not that, and and I spoke to uh, uh, the youth center you didn't had in Oakland. Dealing with the youth, you still you've been doing that before you've been on the Amaral squad. Before you yes, started, sir. before you jumped in, right? And kind of talk about your book for a minute. That it, how you challenge white academia on said subject. Yes, sir. Well, uh, to, to go over some of the things you did, uh, some a few of the youth centers I work with. I mean, we really own a building in Oakland, California, on 50th and East 12th Street that served as just a real youth center. You didn't have to sign up or go through the government. We just raised a lot of the young rappers. But that came from my inclination to try to do something ever since I you know, got a record deal when I was younger. But I worked for United Roots. I mean, I cut the cord. I cut the, did the grand opening ceremony at the United Roots Youth Center in uh, West Oakland or over there, downtown West Oakland. And then I also spent a few years working with Too Short, Mr. FAB, and a few other people over at uh, Youth Uprising in Oakland. So that's just something we do when we get an opportunity and, and the time. It's just fun to be tied in with the streets like that. It was my way of being connected with the streets that I didn't have to stand on the street corner and, and be out there grinding or nothing. And excuse me for having my avatar up, but I'm kind of like driving right now. But, uh, you know, and then when you want to start talking about the work, man, everything really was inspired by just trying to keep up with the I'm and Rock squad. I mean, we all know we just different versions of the same individual. And, you know, I'm like, man, if these brothers getting in here like this, then... I got to get it in like this. I got the passion. Uh, and you know what I'm saying? I really, it was like my vocation more than my occupation. I would say like Brother Manu Ampin would say. You know what I'm saying? And so putting out my work was really just uh, my effort in keeping up with the Amin Ra squad. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he did a goddamn good job there. They still running from the damn book. <laughs> yeah, I told y'all when, when those when those arrows are in the air, you don't know they're in the air because people don't usually look up, and then by the time target is too late. That's what I told you. I appreciate that. You know, one thing about what you were saying, brother. Uh, I mean, like, I learned even how to put sources in the book by looking through a SARS book and then learning what type of the different ways you cite notations and how it's messing things up and stuff like that. And so, but to speak on something you said earlier about that microwave and that internet, they can look through our sources. You won't be able to find half the books online. I'm talking about on the whole Google. You can't find the book in Google. You got to go access it in the real world. And so that just says something about some of the work uh, we we have to do to, you know, build these materials. And I'm not speaking like no accomplished uh, author. I'm just a rapper who tried to keep up with the squad and independent researcher who do my thing. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Well, goddamn. Yeah, there's, there's, there's certain books that, that I've cited I had to go because I can't afford them. I had to go to the library and read them. Sometimes I cheat. And, and take my digital camera and take photos 
you know what I'm saying, of all the pages and then read them when I get back home. You know, because again, you can't find these texts uh, in in on on the internet scanned or things of that nature. You know, especially since I'm over here and I, we have the University of uh, Pennsylvania uh, Museum, and you know they they have a whole Egyptology wing of the museum. You know, because they you know the University of Penn has a uh, Egyptology uh, or ancient Egypt exhibit. So they have real Egyptian artifacts, um, mm -hmm. you know, in the museum. And so, you know, some of that stuff in there that is, is just crazy, like stuff you just wouldn't hear of, you know. And of course, if you don't speak French or, or, or read German, you know, a lot of this stuff, you know, like some of so I just can't read because I don't read German like that. But I could I could read the meta nature. So I'll take the photos of the of the of the meta nature. They like they they have whole big books of of the the papyri or whatnot that you have to kind of lay out and and look at and things of that nature like and and you know the pseudos ain't doing that type of work to spending that type of time in uh those those libraries you know going through those types of books um and if they did you know of, of course we would hope that you know they would change their mind on a lot of things but yeah a lot of stuff you're just not going to get in budge you're not going to get on the internet. You're not going to get on YouTube video. No, hell no. That's just not. The pseudo don't even know his libraries inside the daggone museums. How about that? <laughs> How about a, a, a uh, smash? The first time the community ever seen, I'm going to say this real good, the first time the conscious community ever seen a direct copy from the daggone original was the Kevin on trial. Feel me? I remember them. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, and that cost me a pretty penny too. And I could, <laughs> you can't even access that. In, look, check this out. You cannot access steps that affect simile in America. I went through some French, just like Asar said. I was translating the words on the website, trying to get this document, and I had to join a French Egyptology organization in order for them to let me even buy the documents that we uh, presented at Kimmel on trial. Right, right. Fast simile. That big thing I was holding up, that was a fast simile. That was a direct copy from the daggone original right there. I remember nights you spent with that damn micro uh, uh micro glass. What you call not micro glass, daggone uh what you call a smash? We well, you know I, mean, I know I know what you're talking about. You're talking about uh, <laughs> no, it's not a microscope. You're talking about magnifying glass, magnifying bro. Glass. Right. Look, see, it's right here, um, just a piece. And then, and that's when I learned that when, when, when they taking the text or walls and a piece is missing out of it, right? They go to other texts to try to put it in there and put it together. I ain't know nothing about that, man, until that moment. Yeah, we learned that firsthand from that research. I heard about it too. Like Ujahu told me about that, even the star. But that was my firsthand research. Like, ah, I got him. You know what I'm saying? The part that they saying is so egregious wasn't even on the wall. They had to go form it from another text. Mm. Building with that. Hey, I, I, hold on. I, I still, uh, for some reason, he left his magnifying glass. I still got his magnifying glass. Yeah, you. <laughs> from, from that, uh, that <laughs> now you made me come. I had to show my face even though I'm driving on that. That's funny right there. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, y'all speaking about books, if you think about it, man, a lot of the books you all are talking about, 
if you if you notice that the covers they're hardback number one and then the covers are plain jane all it has is a title and no pictures no nothing you you best believe that you're gonna come out the pocket for all those kinds of books and you will not find them scanned you know on uh google books or whatever these pdfs out here so that's something that people uh need to really really uh start looking into and put in that work that rigor mm. man there's a uh there's a when when i was doing my initial uh research on kimmy i've been researching the word kimmy for 20 years and one of my research questions is, have they ever used the word to describe the, the, the physical characteristics, the word Kim to use as, as far as the physical characteristics of a people? And, and so uh, this one Egyptologist hit me up to this, um, to this source, but I couldn't, I didn't have access to the source. So I contacted the the author, who's a German speaking author in Germany. He actually scanned the um, the the publication, the chapter, and sent it to me. You know, um, and made it into a PDF and sent it to me um, via email. But it's the only one. It's the only source that I know where the word Kim is used to describe the skin color of someone else but it's not by the egyptians themselves it's by the greeks the greeks use the term camp to describe the physical characteristics of uh of a actually of a nubian woman um and that she had this round face and she she was kim and she was black as skin they didn't use their own word you know what I'm saying for it they use the egyptian word for it um, but it just goes to show, you know, again, these types of the, the kinds of work that we have to go through. Sometimes we may not have access, but it's our relationships with people that, you know, it, from across the waters that, you know, we are allowed, you know, uh, we have access to certain resources, you know. So this is, of course, all before I moved to Philadelphia and had access to uh, the, the museum, you know, saying out here. But um and they got Theophilo Binga's works in there. They got Shekhan's Diop's works. They got uh, Oscar Pafuma, Dr. Alan Anselin. Um, I think they have one or two of Bilolo's works, his earlier works. They have African scholars in that mug, but um, you know they're all they're all uh, French speaking and German speaking, you know, uh, Africans. And so, you know, there's a whole body of, of, you know, they're studying our works too. And that's the point I want to make. In, in these museums, at least in uh, uh, the, the University of Pennsylvania, UPenn Museum uh, downtown, in, their, in the library, they have African scholars' works in that mug. And they are studying it and using it and quoting them and things of that nature for, for various reasons. And so, you know, it's a, it's a serious thing, man. And this stuff costs, you know, um, these, these books ain't cheap. And, you know, once you start getting to specialized work, that's when the books start getting more and more expensive. So, you know, everybody wants to read those general books that you can find in Barnes and Nobles. But those aren't the, those aren't necessarily the books with all the great detail. But anyway. And it goes to show that, um, 
you know, we always talk about rigor, uh, discipline and, um, you know, consistency and research. And, you know, one thing we kind of leave out is uh, finance because, you know, this research becomes expensive. And and, you know, I cringe when people say uh, that information should be free. Like, why? Why are you charging? Why? You know, why don't you give the information away and things like that? And they, you know, that just kind of clues me in on people having no idea what it takes to actually do research and how much it costs um, just to purchase material, let alone maybe you have to travel or like you said, network with people across the waters and things and um, and solicit information. So, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand that people got to really just kind of take all this stuff in consideration. And like you said, when you when you describe the uh, SEALs, um, the Opian SEALs uh, project, um, you know, we definitely can't tolerate uh oh you know i understand when you say you can't tolerate uh pseudo uh pseudo scientists and pseudos um you know it's really no no room for that especially on on these kind of levels that, that you all are discussing right now i'm probably on the phone again yeah so we just have to take over the show <laughs> so um so who who went to so Dr. Maad went and um, Sister Naya went, you know, kind of describe the the awards for those of us who who didn't make it, you know, in terms of the ambiance, in terms of, uh, you know, vendors and, and, and just the whole atmosphere and environment. I'm going to let I'm going to let Sister Naya, she's been quiet and I feel like I've been kind of rambling on, but um. Sister Naya, I'll let you describe it. I mean, it, it was phenomenal, but I, I'll go ahead and let you go first and then I'll follow. Why are you going to let me describe it when I was backstage? <laughs> I got one question for you, Naya. I got one question. Okay, sir. I got one question. Did you, did you spill any juice on anybody? <laughs> I didn't. I, was, I wasn't around anyone. I was backstage mainly and I didn't spill any of my wine. <laughs> okay, I was just, just checking. Just <laughs> Come on, Dr. Ma, you got to describe because you already know that I was backstage. So let me just talk a little bit. Yeah, you were working behind the scenes hard. Um, and I, you know, I was back there with you here and there. But um, it was beautiful. The ambiance was um, it, it was it was phenomenal. Um, I felt like Sonette. I gave him a big hug and kiss backstage. I, I think he did an awesome job. And everyone who um, pulled together to make the night what it was. I mean, they, they everyone, the team did a phenomenal job. Um, I particularly like um, the ancestor, the ancestor tribute, or the tribute that they that they that they made to the ancestors. It was like a slideshow presentation, and they put up pictures of um, our ancestors, and we stood up, and um, they played the song "Change Is Gonna Come." And so, um, you know, it was just very emotional for me looking at some of the you know the ancestors you had. Um, Barashango, Shaka Musa, they threw his picture up. Elijah Muhammad, of course. Um, Diop, uh, John Henry Clark, you know, uh, Dr. Ben. So they had, you know, Dr. Francis Cress Wilson. So they put up, they did a beautiful slide show presentation um, of our ancestors. I thought that was beautiful. Um, the entertainment was, was phenomenal. Um, the, they had a comedian there. He was funny. Um, they had a singer. There was a woman who sung, I forgot her name, Sister Naya, but the sister who sung, um, If Only You Knew How Much I Do, the Patti LaBelle song. I forgot the sister's name. 
Um, but she did a wonderful job singing. They had a, a um, an African um, drumming band there who played like in, in, in between the, the categories and during the intermission. Um, Red Pill and Blue Pill got on stage and they rapped. So, I mean, the entertainment was, it was beautiful. It was off the chain. Um, did I leave out anything, Sister Naya? Um, no, no, you didn't. You didn't leave out anything. The vendors were on point, of course. You know, Abjuware was in the building. Brother Aunt was there with all his merchandise. Um, we were there. I had my two sons in the back. They were vending Meltrek. And um, Brother Aunt, we, we came up. We did all right uh, <laughs> at the sign of the TV Awards. I'm not going to tell my business. But we did all right at the side of the TV awards. I mean, people definitely supported the vendors. Yeah, you got um, lucky one. He ain't getting no time. That's what he messed up, man. He ain't get. He had everybody stuck in their seats, so they never could get out and really yeah, support we, the vendors. Yeah, we we did we we did all right. You know, we did all right at the um you know vending there. But the vendors were on point. I know you were vending, brother. Off, I was vending. Then you had um the brother. Uh, I forgot his name and where he's based. But if you go online and Google. Um, unapologetically black. Um, that brother, he was there vending uh, with his wife and, and sisters. So vendors were on point. Um, he's out of like, Philly. Oh, he's out of Philly. Yes, that brother, he was there with his wife and uh, sister or daughter. I'm not sure which one. I don't know if it's sister or daughter, but he was there. Uh, who else, Brother Ark? You, me, him. There were a few other vendors. It wasn't that many, probably like seven or eight vendors. He had an exclusive, but he just didn't do no intermission, though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Not and having then, an intermission to kill you every time. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you know, it was kind of like a rush to get out because um, mm -hmm. we went over. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But, yeah, it was a beautiful event, um, brother. So, and I, I mean, is Sinatra doing this, like, on an annual basis, or is this, this going to be, you know... Biannual, you know, I'm just trying to figure out is it is this every year or what? I don't know. To, to my knowledge, I think that he's he's trying to to do this annually. Oh wow. Um, but you know, I don't I don't know for sure, but I think he he, he intends to do it annually. Oh we're gonna go to the Apollo next. Oh yeah, he's trying to get that at first, but something went down. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think some 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 people was hating on him, like you know, now nah, he's going to be have those black radicals over there. Oh and he's man, be a terrorist. <laughs> whatever they said, you know. But, uh, mm. but yeah, what we got I mean, in the I chat? Had, I had an opportunity to to build the website for the for the event, um, but I couldn't attend. Uh, the 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 event so i wish i i, I could have made it um you know and 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 uh, and i'm and i'm glad that people actually got awards i'm not gonna say nothing with all the <laughs> awards i'm just saying I, I see the i see the people's awards i, I that's that's, that's you still ain't get your award yet a song from the black power awards <laughs> Hey, I'm just, I'm not trying to say no names. I'm not trying to, it's not, I'm not trying to throw anyone. It was a, it was a good event. And so I'm just saying that I, you just, if you're going to have an award show, you need to have the awards there for, right. the, for the people. For the people. But, uh, man, come on, man. For the people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, yo. All right. So I don't know if y'all want to take any questions out the chat room, man. We want to be able to do this regular. 
we don't want to go too long on that. So um, what's in the chat room? Somebody doubting the word Kimmich? Somebody said that? Uh, I got a question first. Uh, um, maybe I came in late, but uh, the whole squad as a whole won an award. Am I, you know, did y'all discuss that already? I, I came in late. Yeah, we did. Where you at, Smash? How you feel about that when that, that award, Smash Rockwells? Where you at? He phased out. All right, well, how you feel about that, Wuja, winning that, that, that award as a whole? Speak on that. Oh, well, I mean, I, that's what I kind of touched on earlier. You know, as squad as a whole, um, I mentioned everybody. And I think that we have a, a very good mix of focused um, research and everything. And I think that um, we keep each other on our toes and, um, and we work pretty well together. Um, and this is something people have to understand. We don't even always agree, but that that disagreement that we even have is healthy. And so I think um, winning an award or, or being recognized by the people, hopefully that's reflecting out there. And and so for, to be nominated and receive award as a as a whole squad, to me that's a that's um, confirmation of what we have going on as a as a body as a team. So you know that's that's my two cents on that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's one of the uh, precursors that nobody's hands will be tied, that 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 you not necessarily you do not have to agree with the consensus in the group. And that was one of the, you know, one of the things. So, see, that's what y'all don't know. All right. It is what it is. So you ain't coming in here with the complete foolery and think because a couple of people agree and you don't. You know what I'm saying that you just get voted off the damn island. That's not how that works. Because last time I checked, man, uh, in the conscious community, a lot of people think one way and wrong is two left feet. And so that's a nice uh, uh, mechanism that we have in place right there, that you do not have to agree with the consensus in the group. As long as you got that scholarship to back it up and don't come with no damn foolery. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I think that's that's what makes us, you know, I, I done seen anybody get it in. I done seen Smash and Wuja get it in on the word. On the, what what, what y'all get on the word Negro, right? Oh, what was that? What was that? I done seen y'all get it on the, on the word Negro. Oh, yeah. No, not that word. Not at all. No, not at all. We didn't. We agreed on that. We okay. disagreed on certain nuances about the term Nubia. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, but see, that's. A, I don't think you. I think he got you on that, Wuja. I think so. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to start some trouble, but I'm, not, I'm just telling beside. I was waiting. No, I could be wrong. No, see that that just goes to show how long we've been doing this. How long was that, uh, uh, Smash? That was like about five years ago, right? It had to be like 2012 or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I remember it was me, yourself. I think Sanjetti weighed in on it. I know Asar weighed in on it, and um, I know you had it on your um on your website as well. And uh, about Nubia and stuff, but at the end of the day, you know, it was all good, and and the whole nine. So that's just how we do it, you know. What was the nuances? I just want I, the audience want to know. I forgot what was the nuances. I don't even remember. I don't remember where the, uh, where our agreement parted, but we agree on the majority of things about those terms, how it was used negatively, and you know, by certain Egyptologists, and it blurs the lines to use such terms like Nubia, but. I just can't pinpoint where it was where we had a disagreement. Yeah, I, the disagreement. I, the disagreement was regarding 
the historicity of the word Nubian itself. Like when I was in that argument as well, and what I argue that is the concept of, of Nubian and Nubia was a more recent um, uh, connotation and label for the groups south of ancient Kemet. But historically, you cannot find a place called Nubia. And the places where there is a word neb that you could halfway argue, you know, being the inspiration for Nubia was actually inside of Kemet and did not refer to those groups. When the Egyptians uh, referred to those people, they referred to individual locations and individual ethnic groups uh, and, and, and places. And so it's just what I argued was that the it's just the Egyptologists being lazy and and um, just trying to use that term to reference, quote unquote, all the black people that were south of Egypt and trying to separate them from the so-called white Mediterranean Egyptians. Yeah, so that was the core of the, the argument. Yeah, I don't I don't even think we have any disagreements whatsoever uh especially at, at this point because i know john uh jonathan i know you brought up uh ombos and come ombo we talked about that how that's within the borders of kemet and you know uh the old town of, of gold town noob noob tea and all that stuff so i you know i think at this point it's all gravy <clears throat> yes indeed and but but that's that's a testimony to what you were saying um as a squad uh you know that's healthy. That's what I. That's what I was referring to. That's healthy discussions, healthy discourse, discourse between us, and 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 then when we when we present it to the public or try to educate or or chime in on conversations, we just better equipped because we went through it. So that's 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 how you do it. Mm. What's the name of this book? Do you mind sharing an opinion on ancient African kingdoms on the Nile? Nubia by Fisher. Who is that? Y'all familiar with that person? Mm, I'm, I'm not. Huh? Maybe the author, but not that book. Mm. Yeah, me neither. What's um Fisher what? Oh, do you guys have your opinion on ancient African kingdoms on the on the Nile Nubia by Fisher Lokavada Ikram? Okay, yeah, I can't give my opinion. See, that's that's one thing the squad doesn't do. Let me make this clear. One thing, no, no members on the squad will form an opinion on a book that they have not read. Hell no. Let's make that clear. Tried it one time, got beat down. <laughs> we don't do that around here. Damn book in French, man, has got a lot of people in trouble. We don't do that around here. <laughs> Messing with the squad, messing with the squad. I got scared to cite a source when I read the whole book. I'm like, man, he's saying <laughs> right here, but you got to read the whole book. <laughs> That's true because, you know, believe it or not, people will cite, people will actually accurately quote an author, but they don't realize that the author is not really agreeing with their, their points. And, you know, so that that's to avoid that, you know, so got to get it in. Yeah, that's yeah. It's not enough just to have access to a book. You have to have, have put in that work and, and and read it. Now, sometimes it's not necessarily necessary. 
depending on the kind of question that you're researching. Because sometimes, for example, a book may be an edited work and it'll be a whole chapter dedicated to a particular subject. So you don't necessarily have to read the whole book, just at least that chapter as a regard to that particular question. But it's, it's, um, it's, it's pertinent that you have a, at least read half the book. That way you know the, the framework of the book and the essential arguments that the author is making. Because you could cite someone on a particular point, but um, like, for example, what's his name from Team Osiris uh, in his so-called critique of my work? He, one of his critiques was that I was citing sources that believe in, um, for example, the Niger-Congo hypothesis or the Afroasiatic hypothesis. And, you know, at the beginning of my book, I set the framework for which, you know, my, my entire arguments are, are made. And so you should already automatically know that at, at this point, I'm with Theophilo Obinga's Negro Egyptian, you know, as a, as a model to explain the relationships between uh, various African languages. And so, but that does not mean that you can't cite sources who don't agree on that point. Because regardless, the data, you know, in, in terms, for example, that describes a particular language may be um, very pertinent. Now, this is one of the reasons why I'm, I'm doing this chapter on, on scientific research, because people don't, people make critiques and don't understand science and how science works and, and, and what is a hypothesis and how theories are developed. And so I can, I can disagree with an entire theory without disagreeing with certain facts on the ground. Mm -hmm. The theory comes together just to explain the facts. Mm -hmm. And so the theory is a model to try to explain certain facts, but in science, a theory is not a law per se. And even laws change in physics, but that's another discussion. Um, but it's not a law, something that is, is there permanently because new models are developed, which forces us to either adjust, you know, the current model or get rid of the current model. So for example, if we're talking about the relationship between African languages, there were models proposed by early researchers that on a so-called phylum level, they argued that Afroasiatic, the label, best explains the relationship between the languages of Berber, Semitic, Chadic, you know, Omotic, uh, and, and, and Cushitic languages in ancient Egyptian. However, these African scholars came on the scene and started doing research and showing these non-accidental correspondences between, for example, uh, Egyptian language and Wolof, Egyptian and Mbochi, Egyptian and Yoruba languages. Well, now, since we have all of this scientific data, 
you would either have to, if you're if you're truly a scientist, you would have to either adjust your labels, your theory. And so Afroasiatic is a theory, Niger Congo is a theory, um, or you would have to get rid of it because the theory explains the facts. So now that we got new facts, you have to get rid of the Afroasiatic Niger Congo because those theories no longer explain the facts. Hmm. And so you would you would have to know this about science hmm. in order to properly read and understand and critique works in general. And so this is something that the 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 conscious community has yet to really grasp because they don't understand research methods. <laughs> Asar, they'll say, yeah. "Oh, it never was right if it's if it has changed." Then they say that yeah, that's not how it does. That's not how it that's goes. Not how you do. That's not how science rolls. No, you, know. you produce, like you said, you produce models and models are predictive, right? They're supposed to predict mm -hmm. certain things. And so very easily explain why those people, I'm not even going to say their name. I can't believe you gave them much credit to say their daggone name, right? How they're so absurd because it's supposed to be people over there that understand science. It's common sense. If the facts that are now been brought out, okay, no longer, you know what I'm saying, support, you know what I'm saying? No, let me say this right. If the new facts that are now brought out explains what the old theory explains, plus adds to it, then you can absolutely overturn the old theory. That's how they do it in science. That that new theory that has been proposed explains exactly what the old theory explains, and it adds to it. And that's exactly uh, uh, what... Um, the work, you know what I'm saying, that you've been working on and the other brothers have been working on, it does that absolutely. I just want to make that point right there. And people have to realize that science uh, is an endeavor that is self-correcting. And so you have uh, tep, tep rec, which is the best knowledge. So science is supposed to produce the best knowledge. And when the set of facts uh, change, then you have to make the adjustments. And people look at those adjustments or the changes and they look at it negatively and say, see, aha, they get an aha moment. And then they turn want to turn away from science, not knowing that the, the default, the nature of science in and of itself is explanatory. That's what theories are, you know, explanatory. So so you we, we all agree, like everybody will agree that we don't know everything. So as we accumulate data, accumulate facts then your explanations will obviously have to adjust. And it's supposed to just represent the best explanation at any given time based on the set of data and facts that are available. If people understand that, I think a lot of people will be able to relax about science. No, they can't because they have the mind, the, the mind of a religious mind. I'm not talking about the ancient African mind and how they was able to uh, uh, explain uh, science through their religion. I'm talking about the days children of the pseudos where the religious mind says this that jesus christ died for our sins and he died on the cross and that can't change so even if they was to happen to find jesus christ's body and exhume it dig it up and realize that jesus christ's chest cavity was caved in because he got ran over by a roman chariot you could not change that because if you was to change that, you would change the whole damn religion. Because the whole damn religion is based off of believing, not knowing.
In science, the object is to know. That's the object, right? And good scientists, which I see everybody here do on regular occurrences, is to test your theory or, or, or to test your idea, to falsify it. That's what I had to learn. Go ahead, brother. Me and Dr. Uh, Oya have a, uh, it's not a disagreement um, per se. It, it's, it's, it, it's, it's more so uh, an issue in terms of priority as it regards this one step in uh, the, the scientific method. And so what I argue ultimately is that, you know, when you're going through the testing phase, uh, of the scientific process, the objective is to falsify your hypothesis, not to confirm. I, I and I and and I don't disagree with that, um, brother Asar. But I, I feel like not. Uh, I feel, uh oh, um, y'all about not, to no, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I'm not saying like yeah. Of course, when you're testing your hypothesis, I think when you're testing your hypothesis you're trying to demonstrate or determine whether or not your hypothesis is either consistent or inconsistent with what is expected. You, you get what I'm saying? Like that's, that's what you're doing. And, and this, you, you're like, Oh, you're trying to falsify it. I think that's a part of testing it. Yes. But you're trying to show whether it's consistent or inconsistent with what is expected. Given what you already know. Can I get my two cents? Because you all are saying the same thing. All right, go ahead, brother. <laughs> go ahead. No, 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 no. That's that's it. That's my two cents. What Asar said and what you said is the same thing. Because in, in order in order to know that it's consistent, you have to actually go through and try to disprove it or falsify it. So that's why I said it's not a it's not a real argument. It's more so in terms of priority, in terms of intent of that aspect of the process. Like when I go into it, I'm looking for everything wrong. I'm not even looking for necessarily consistency with the hypothesis itself. If that happens as a result of my analysis, then great. But I'm looking at it from the standpoint of, you know, when researchers are looking at my work, what are they going to be looking for to falsify my claim? what exists out there that can falsify my claim right and that's a part of it that that, yeah that's a part of it i'm i wouldn't I'm sorry, that. no 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 i'm just saying I, I agree with that that that's a part of it but what i'm when i'm testing the hypothesis i'm trying to determine whether it's either consistent if it's consistent or inconsistent with what i expect and what i expect is based on what i already know right so that's what I'm trying to do when I test my hypothesis. So I hear what you're saying. You're going in it trying to figure out what's wrong. You're trying to tear the argument down, right? Or to see to see if it can even be torn down, right? So you're right. I think you and I, we just we just our approaches are different. But I I feel like yeah, well, it is it is only in the sense that, and the reason why I word it that way is to at least try to eliminate confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. And so if, if, you know, like when I'm teaching research methods and like, and, and I'm teaching it to a student, I want them to get in their minds, not to look at it 
with the expectation that you're going to confirm your hypothesis or that you're looking for, you know, it, it's just more so in the language. Because it's just like what y'all said, we're essentially saying the same thing, but mm -hmm. I think it's the language and the underlying um, expectation is what I'm trying to change in the minds of, of, of people who's doing uh, uh, research. So if you go in it with the expectation that you're looking to falsify this information and that it just so happens to confirm the hypothesis, then you, you're just that much closer to eliminating, you know, confirmation bias as a result, you know, of your research. So that's, so it's just more so an issue in the language. But let me ask you a question. Yeah, and, and you're right, because do you ever really confirm hypothesis or do you just demonstrate that it's consistent with what is what is expected? Well, it, it depends. Well, it I, I should I should say it like this. Uh, also, when I'm when I'm doing a, um, uh, an experimentation, I, I, I already know that there are other hypotheses. So one of the things I always mention is that you're never really testing one hypothesis. Exactly. You always are testing at least three hypotheses at the same time. So there's the, 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 of course you automatically at least two. So well, you have your hypothesis and then of course you have the null. Right, the null, the alternative. Mm -hmm. And what's the third? You know, and so, um, well, I, I'm thinking, I say third, but I, I, I gotta remember, it's not necessarily that for, for everyone. In linguistics is the third. So, you know, you 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 have a cognate. You you have a, um, of course, a not a non cognate, and then you have uh, you know chance. And so, when when you're doing experimentations, what we want to do is eliminate chance as a reason for the 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 seeming correlation between. Um, uh, the phenomenon which we're studying, so yeah, to speak. And, and barring, right? And yeah. so, you know, the objective is to eliminate all the hypotheses. That's why I say, for me, it's about falsification because you're trying to eliminate all the other hypotheses. And then what is left is more than likely probably the truth. And, it, and so it, if you come in with the expectation that you're falsifying hypotheses, that you're looking to eliminate other possibilities, then what is left, you know, you're 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 confirming a hypothesis, but the aim is to eliminate all these other hypotheses so that only the truth, you know, is 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 what remains. And isn't that the uh, fundamental uh, meaning of the um, etymological meaning of the word science? Like to cut, divide, to slice, to to kind of cut away, cut away, cut away, cut yeah, away. Yeah, it's, it's it's to separate the wheat from the chaff. It, it, essentially, you know, to to make a this because ultimately it's used in a metaphoric way to in terms of to make a decision. So we have all these. In other words, to make a decision means that we have options. And so you're cutting away all the other options for explaining, you know, this particular phenomenon and its behavior. Because ultimately, we're always studying the behavior of something. Um, and so uh, uh, again, when I'm, when I'm looking at it from that standpoint, it, it helps me, at least in my mind, you know, try to reduce and eliminate confirmation bias, you know, or, or in, a, in a particular type of 
and, and it's hard to kind of do depending on what kind of field that you're in, you know, with certain things, but especially when you're dealing with something like language, because language doesn't have the type of experiments that a physicist would have per se, mm. you know, so certain you still have experimentations, but it's, it's done in a different way. Um, and, and until you start dealing with like phonetics, phonetics is, is, is more so physics than if we're doing historical comparative linguistics, because there's still, there's still a possibility of, uh, uh, of human um, perception in the experiment. And so you have to be a bit extra more rigorous in, in that, uh, in that regard versus if I'm trying to, you know, say and study the exponential rate of the duplication of cells or, you know, or the spread of viruses and things of that nature, that's a little different um, than, than what we would do in the, in the linguistic field. But, you know, ultimately that's, that's the, that's, that's my reasoning, you know, saying for wording it in that fashion so they can not try to look for confirmations, but to eliminate hypotheses. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I, and I understand, you know, you know, I understand, um, you know, where you, where you're coming from, brother, saw with it, but for me and in my field, when we test hypotheses, we're trying to determine if, if it's consistent or inconsistent with what we expect. Like we're not trying to just tear it down. It's like either it's consistent or it's, or it's not. You get what I'm saying? So that's, I, I don't know. I mean, would you always say we're saying the same thing? So. Well, don't take my word. I, I, I just, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> like, it's like both of you all are talking about two, two uh, uh, juxtaposed steps in the entire process to me. It's like, you know, you all are saying the same thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just an issue of, of of stress. What do you stress more in the process? Yeah, yeah. Emphasize more. You know that's and so that's that's what I that's why I I, I I said from the beginning. It's not. I don't want to make it seem like it's an argument, like it's opposing views. No, in no. That sense. But um, yeah. So you know, how many people get, had that conversation though? How many people have that conversation? Look, check this out, man. Hey, check out the new boosters out, man. They slick. All right. Y'all oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you one of them this, this winter. You finally have some shoes I wear. Yeah, I got them. There you go. They slick too. All right. Comfortable. All right. Go to abgwear.com, man, and that turn of joints, man. Look, it is what it is. And they slick. This is one of the guest products right here. We current them right at abgwear, and we got them on deck. And they you fit. got plans for future um, for for different colors because if I can get some leather browns, yeah, we got plans for colors. We gotta buy these first, so everybody buy a pair of these. By the time you come back, right. the browns ones will be out. <laughs> All right. But no, I mean, you know what I'm saying, yo. We just working to bring it. This and this is a good boot too, stitches and all that. You know, I've been wearing these type of boots for years, for at least a good 35 years. So I know a good pair of boots when I see them, and these are it, and they comfortable. They right on par with everything that's out there. I just want y'all to know that. All right, so you know, support go to abgwear.com. All right, um, very, very, very in order. Also, subtract. I mean, um, support Mail Tracks. 
All right. Um, will you, what, what's the, what's the store? Give me that other store, sis. Um, they can either go to edanimeproductions.com uh, to support the Meltrek program or just simply go to Google and type in Meltrek and links to purchase um, the program should um, should generate. Mm -hmm. yep. Go on the Amaral Squad store. Uh, go to Magi Archer store. You can get the book. Um, you can also go to uh, Black Dot uh, Bookstore and Cultural Center in Lithonia. Uh, we carry all the books and all the uh, uh, products on the Amaral Squad right there. Matter of fact, we got a no pseudo section um, <laughs> with all our work right in that section right there. All right. You can get the boots in the store, the shoes, flops, everything. So I appreciate everybody uh, for supporting. And so let's get our closing remarks. You still had smash. I know you'd be disappearing sometime. You got some closing statements to make? Not at all. It's just good to be back. We need to do this more often. And uh, I'm a rock squad up. All right, man. Uh, how about you, uh, MC Iron Lungs? Wooja. Got him. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna retire my lungs and just say, yeah, I just, I'm just humbled about about the whole awards uh, situation, uh, the nominee nomination. I didn't know about it, and to thank everybody. And we're just gonna keep putting this work in. And I just hope, you know, like me personally, I'm I'm open, I'm approachable. My inbox is always open. I'm on Facebook. You see me go Facebook Live. You know, don't don't be don't hesitate and don't be scared to to interact with me and chime in on discussions I have. I, I try to promote uh discussions and try to change the narrative and make people think we need critical thinkers out there and that's what i'm about i'm trying to push that so feel free to um chime in and uh you know hit me up mm -hmm. all right sister now where you at any closing remarks disappeared no we were just texting one another so she must have um walked away from the computer hold on let me Excellent. Let them know you're asking for. Hold on. Bonk is asking for. Why you? Why are we doing that, man? Um, also, I got the um, and I'm proud of this one right here. All right, and y'all should actually look up. Um, uh, I got the Hubert Harrison Award. All right, uh, I used to call him. They used to call him the Black Socrates in Harlem. Look up Hubert Harrison. All right. Man, serious. I mean, could speak Greek, couple languages. Man, he was be he was one of the first ones beating up religion all the way down. Okay, yeah, he was there in them streets. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, man, he was atheist, socialist, the whole nine yards, and, and, and his work was immaculate. And, and and you wonder why he has not been popularized in the black community, right? You know what I'm saying, wonder why one of the great thinkers of the times still is. So to get the Hubert Harrison Award, matter of fact, when they named, when they said Hubert Harrison, Malik Zulu Zubaz uh, knew a lot about him and spoke about him, and then raised the eyebrow at me talking about your atheist. <laughs> 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 Nigga, I ain't no atheist. I'm a real black atheist. What's wrong with you? I mean, I recognize the forces in nature. I recognize African spirituality. I'm just against the state-sponsored religion. Yeah, let's get that straight. But anyway. So what happens if, if an African nation creates its own state and then has a, a state religion? Then I'll be ready to change that. But until <laughs> that moment. 
Hey, but I never point the weapons of real black atheism at uh, uh, African culture and African religions uh, because at the end of the day, I do respect our religion and culture. I do. I just have a profound disdain, right, for those relig for those proselytizing religions like a song say that is kidnapped uh, African people, kidnapped their mind, kidnapped their bodies. You know what I'm saying? Kidnapped their culture for their own personal use. So just out of respect for their ancestors. You know what I'm saying? Out of total respect for them, I refuse to be a Muslim or Christian, right? Muslim, Christian, and a Hebrew. I just refuse that. So I just think that um, I don't expect everybody to do that. Never, never expected everybody to do that. Never expected people to get with that. But I just wanted the people to know that 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 we have thinkers, right? And, and, and we really thought about this. Like, I'm just not waiting for the European mind or the Christian mind or the Muslim mind to explain to me the the the, the cause that cause everything. Not hmm. waiting on that. All right. So y'all, you know, people can take it like they want to take it. Uh, don't get it confused. And I have to make sure I watch my language because we really do have professors on the panel. Like I used to get away with a lot. I can't even get away with that much no more. Damn. But it's all good. You know what I'm saying? Brother Saul, you got any closing remarks? Nope. I said any closing remarks. What do you say? Peace, love, and happiness. I don't know. Peace, love, and happiness. There's so tough there. Well, you had not now you still there or you shan't get she ain't make it back. Nope. That's not. Brother, uh, what happened? I was saying now, I guess you didn't. You, I gave you a closing remark. Did you get yours yet? Uh, no, I didn't get mine yet, but I thought she called me. I stepped away from my computer, too. That's why I said, what happened? But, um, <laughs> you know, I just want to, again, Brother Ankh, you know, just, you know, I agree with Brother Wujawa and Brother um, Asar, man. Got to thank, gotta thank my squad. I think I thanked you. I thanked Sinetta. You know, thanked everybody. But I have some great minds around me. Um, great minds around me, you know, and um, I agree with Brother Smash that when, you know, on the squad, we push one another and you can't have, you can't come half-stepping, you know, and if you do come half-stepping, somebody's going to pull your slip, you know, and so um, I just appreciate the people who are around me. I appreciate the minds that are around me. I mean, every time I call Brother Wujawa and he'll tell you, I'll inbox him, look, Brother, you know, I'm looking at some, some African mathematics and I'm trying to figure out, can you translate this for me or that for me? And you know, and he's always there. So I do want to thank, you know, my squad members. I also want to thank, you know, Sadnetta and, 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 and the whole conscious community for voting um, for me. Um, be on the lookout for Meltrek episode three, um, exploring the transatlantic slave trade part one. That should be out in June. Um, peace and power. Uh, but I don't like that. I'm going to let the cat out the bag and uh, let everybody know that Dr. Maya, she she hits me up. Cause uh, she she's about to build a, a ancient Egyptian spaceship, so she's got to get the, uh, the mathematical secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I just realized I need to send you uh, that chapter, Doctor Mod. Which 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 chapter, brother? Brother, he y'all got me over here cracking up. What what chapter, brother? Um, brother, uh, scientific method. 
on the on the African origins of the word science. Oh, did, so did you had, uh, did you already write it? Uh, yeah, it's it's already written. I had Doctor uh, Ditka review it. I also have Doctor Bangura at at, uh, at Howard University. This is a brother who has five PhDs in mm. um, one in computer science, one in mathematics, one uh, in linguistics, and maybe two in linguistics. One oh. in political science. And I think one in economics, but he has five PhDs out of mm. he, he wrote a book called From Bones uh, to Computers, African Mathematics, something like that. African Mathematics from Bones to Computers. I have it. I have it. I didn't know that brother was over in Howard. I have the yeah, book right here. He's right there at Howard. All right, cool. Well, you know, my son will be there in the um in the fall, but he'll be over in the, the school of business. But yeah, shoot it on over to me, brother. So I would I would love to take a look at it. And you said you also in this chapter break down the um the the, the African origins of the word science, right? Yeah, and and it's so I don't I don't I don't expect you too much. Like I have some other people in the linguistics with Dr. Bangura's uh in, in linguistics as well. And he even shared because he's working on a, um so not only will you have my chapter um on this but dr bangura himself is working i think on an entire book on that on that oh, wow. so he shared with me uh, uh some snippets from it so you know we're we're producing you know more and more of the african contributions in the development of science uh itself but mine's again is going to be focusing on not only the word science itself right. is African origin and in Egyptian, but the scientific method. And so he's dealing also with the scientific method as well. That's hot. So that's hot. That's hot. Yeah. But I, you know, the reason why I asked you about the, the actual the origin of the African origin of the word science is because um offline, Brother Ankh and I were talking, and I asked him, I said, Well, what did they call it? Um, you know, was there a word for it? You know, like, okay. You know the Greeks or whatever they I think they called it science. I think science is a Greek word. I'm not sure, but I know the Greeks called it science. Yeah, or science is Latin. Oh, so it's Latin. So I'm just wondering, like, what, what what did we call it? Did we call it spiritual? Like, what was the African word for it? Like, and I know, and I'm pretty sure it varies from culture to culture. But I just wanted to know what did we call it? Um, okay. And, well, in in now now here, uh, we're we're gonna have two different outcomes. Dr. Bangura uh, is, and his name is Abdul Karim Bangura, um, for, for those who don't know. Um, and he, again, he's written a book called African Mathematics from Bones to Computers. He has a whole slew of books, actually. Uh, some on research methods, you know, uh, African-centered research methods and the whole thing. But anyway, um, so he's arguing that the word, that the word that he's using in his text is the word Ricky. Uh, which means to know. I'm arguing again for the word science itself is is the word sesh, or seshir, sesha. Hmm. And it was, um, and it was personified as the goddess, which we pronounce as Shishet. But um, it's you know it's it's really a, like a s sh r dot t consonant cluster. Hmm. Okay. And so that's their persona. And, and 
like Ditka, you know, wanted me to stress, like in his in his review of, of my chapter, he wanted me to stress the relationship between um, Jehuti or Tho in, in science. But, you know, I replied to him that I wanted to focus on just the word science itself. So when we're dealing with the linguistic aspect of it, you can actually see the word science, which became science in Latin, is 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 the word sisha in um, in Egyptian. You know, and so the the, the jehuti would be kind of a focus, but the, jehuti is ultimately. And and I was thinking about doing um, an, a linguistic analysis in my book on jehuti. I've already done one, but I haven't formally put it together as a like a chapter or a subsection. But the word Jehuti ultimately comes from a word meaning ear. It's a it's a body part, the ear. And so for the 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 concept of knowing in in that respect, as well as a lot of African languages, is on one's ability to listen and comprehend. And so that's not what I wanted to convey when when talking about science in general. Because, you know, in, in that sense, it's just more so on what somebody says and your ability to listen and regurgitate what was said in terms of knowing. Because, again, uh, you know, we're coming from oral traditions where, you know, the elders who had information sat there from mouth to ear, told you basically what was going on in the universe. And you spent a lot of your time doing a lot of memorizing. But the word science itself implies something else. That is, is something that you do. That's why it comes from the word to cut and to 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 divide and separate um, you know, the the options, the other options, the falsehoods, you know, saying from the truths and things of this nature. And, and it comes and it implies a particular process. And so there's a variation of that word that gives us science that also in the Egyptian language gives us the word for method. And so that's why my focus is on that word versus Ricky or Jehuti. Mm, okay. Bam, but based off of the person in the chat room, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I see you right there, Wuja typing in the chat room with the guy Easy Bands. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm listening, and he's not making any sense because even the 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 person who he's citing, the person who he's citing in the in that we should all read, it's a, a brother, Doctor Saimi, who is a, a of the Karanga Kalanga ethnic group in Zimbabwe from Zimbabwe. And so he has done some work comparing uh, some Egyptian words with his Bantu language. And so what he's not realizing, the person in the chat, is that even if we find cognates in other African languages, it's not going to tell us per se how it was specifically pronounced in the ancient Egyptian language. The ancient Egyptian language is not the uh, Karanga language or Isikaranga or Ichikaranga. And so if we could argue that the Karanga directly comes from ancient Egyptian and is a modern version of it, um, then you could be closer to the truth. But all Dr. Siemi is doing is find correlations like any other African linguist has done. 
in terms of Mbochi uh, with Dr. Theofalo Binga, uh, with uh, Wolof, with um, uh, Shekanta Diop, you know, and, and uh, Chiluba with uh, myself, of course, and with um, Dr. Mubabingi Bilolo. You know, these are all, regardless to, to what we argue, these are still words in these modern African languages. They do not tell you per se how it is exactly pronounced in the ancient Egyptian. And so we, we, we use the modern languages to give approximations of how words may have sounded in the ancient Egyptian, uh, or more specifically Middle Egyptian and, and Late Egyptian, um, because we know how for the most part uh, the, the, the words in, uh, were put together for Coptic because they wrote down the vowels. But that's not the case for uh, the New Kingdom um, and Middle Egyptian, at least consistently. Uh, that we can get a sense of you know, how these words <laughs> pronounced. So anybody who studies the language knows this already. Um, and so he's, he's making points that are not really, he's making points against arguments that aren't even being made. Yes. Okay, that's what I was going to say because I, I don't think the brother is familiar with the squad mm -hmm. or or the things that we, you know, discuss and talk about because the things he's saying are things that he's, he's almost preaching to the choir, but with the, with the assumption that we don't already talk about it and deal with it. So it's, it's, he's almost talking in opposition to a phantom, to a phantom claim that we never make. And so, so that just has to be understood. That's why I told him that there's a, a scientific project underway using a historical comparative method as the major tool to, um, to compare related African languages to give these approximations on the voweling and the pronunciations of these words. Even then, we won't be 100% sure. And, and it just gives us, like you said, an estimate that we can roll with because all these different African scholars will use their own personal mother tongue, their own language to compare with uh, Middle Egyptian and then come away and say the same thing. Like you mentioned, Wolof, uh, Mbochi, um, Chiluba, and uh, Saswana and everything. I, I've seen it done on Facebook and everywhere. And every one of those people, not, not all of them, but some people will then therefore claim that their language is the ancient Egyptian language when that's yeah. not true. You all the time. You can't do that. People have to understand what that means and so so i think you just uh explained that so i hope the brother's listening and and understands that that he you know we're, he's not really in opposition to anything we're saying but one thing i want him to understand is that regardless of how you pronounce a word especially with the glyphs because they represent the skeleton of words that uh semantics is a is a is not necessarily mutual one for one uh uh related to that so so we can ascertain meaning without ever even pronouncing a word. And the example I gave is that even in my comments, you can read my comments and understand it with never pronouncing it. Like you, you read it in your mind to yourself. So the, so the ability to read and comprehend versus the ability to pronounce something historically 100% accurate are two totally different things. And that's what people have to understand. Hopefully the brother understands. Yeah, no. I'm gonna add to this real quick. Because I see one of his comments, and this is something that is is dangerous scholastically wise along this question. He says, "Let me um, 
Go like that. He says, bro, we have the culture still alive from customs, language, etc. as it regards ancient Egyptian. Now, usually when people say something like this, they, they always want to make it seem as if it is ancient Egyptian culture that is alive. And that's not the case. And this is why we stress the family relationships and orientations of these words and practices to understand that what has survived in the the in what we know from the text of ancient Egypt is just part of the general culture of the family that the ancient Egyptians belong to. It's not Egyptian culture. So like if you see something that parallels with ancient Egyptian in other African uh, languages and cultures, it's not Egyptian that you find like the Egyptian culture itself is not surviving in Chiluba or Wolof. It is the parent culture that survives through all of these, that permeates through all of these separate uh, languages and cultures. And, and that's something that's a different type of, of understanding that a lot of us have to really grasp and why that conversation about um, uh the the theory is important to this conversation in terms of for example afro-asiatic and niger congo non-saharan etc versus negro egyptian and so when we talk about the negro egyptian which i call china into uh language family we're talking about not only in terms of the language relationships but the underlying uh psychology the inner logic of their cultures in practices that is common and that still survives from the parent language in the parent community, which we call Negro Egyptian, or in my case, China into. And so, you know, it's the, the wording in terms of semantics may seem slight to the layperson, but it has a, a major effect on how you approach and articulate the fundamental arguments, you know, in this type of discourse regarding ancient Egypt and the relationship between uh, it and these other African languages. Because too many times, as you said, people think that in their language that they find some words and some ideas that you find in ancient Egyptian that somehow that it, it is directly from ancient Egypt. That, and, and that's the reason why it exists in their uh, language and culture. And that's not the case. And so we don't want to be Egyptocentric in the sense that we think that everything diffuses from Egypt and that these other languages and cultures across Africa is, is basically biting from them. And that's not the case at all. Uh, he's just saying uh, he, he still see traces. All right, we can pick this conversation up another. Call your guy up and let's have him on the show and have a conversation. Get that out the way real quick. Mm -hmm. I think them brothers love the language enough to actually have that conversation with them. <laughs> Sean, you crazy. You said a pep. Why you say that, Sean? Why you say too much team pep? <laughs> Is that who we talking to? Is that it? No, what, what I would suggest the brother, if he's if he's on Facebook, you know, he could join this uh Seshumani Metanetra Facebook group or wherever where we have these types of discussions if you want to continue the conversation. Because I really don't think you know the brother i think the brother's just not familiar with the stuff we talk about and so based on that that's how the conversation is going if if he understood what we talk about 
I don't even really, really think it would be a problem at all. So the brothers just come around and uh, chime in on the conversations. I think everything be all good. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, e- easy bands, man. Go ahead and get in the group. They love talking about that type thing, man. Y'all be in there for 10 years on this one. All right, but look, check this out, man. We um, uh, we out of here. We're going to do this on regular occurrences. We're going to keep it out of thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, keep the thing unrolling. Keep the information flowing. It's just that, you know, uh, you know, everybody got busy schedules. Cause we actually in them daggone streets doing what we supposed to do, man. So that's you know, I'm a raw squad up, y'all. Like African power, man. Peace and we out.